Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, June 6th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites will try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. Download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now, one thing that I have found myself doing recently You know, everybody has a routine when they wake up in the morning, right? You get up, you brush your teeth, you shower, you go online, you use your computer, you use your phone to go on certain apps. I have found myself going to the SeatGeek app literally every single morning just to check out some of the events, set some alerts. And when I say set some alerts, well, what you can do on the SeatGeek app, and I think this is the best feature they have, Sporting event, concert, any venue, any city, if you like something that's in the future and you want to see when ticket prices fall, you hit the little hot at the top of the screen and SeatGeek, they will keep you updated when those ticket prices fall so you can get the best deal possible. And I'm not just on there looking for sporting events, I'm on there looking for concerts too. I mean, during the summer, what do you do? You go to concerts and and at least here in Boston, when I check out some of the venues that the SeatGeek app has... I think it's pretty impressive. I mean, you're talking about Gillette Stadium, the TD Garden, obviously, even Fenway Park. How about places like this? The Sinclair in Cambridge, Wilbur Theatre, the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, the Paradise Rock Club, Hampton Beach Casino. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And what you need to do right now is download that free SeatGeek app. And again, $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. Even better with this app, every ticket is given a grade and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert and it should be the first place you go as well. SeatGeek. So as I begin the week... I just, I guess to my diehard everyday podcast listeners, I want to just apologize for not having a show on Thursday or Friday of last week. I actually left town last Tuesday, so Tuesday and Wednesday's podcasts of last week, I sort of previously recorded those, but they still were timely, and I still was able to upload them for you. I was not on WEI this past weekend. I was in Canada all week. I was in Canada from Tuesday to Sunday. I just got back last night. Now, my girlfriend is in North Bay, my girlfriend Melissa, in North Bay, Ontario, and so I visited her. I was out there with her, and I actually have to give a shout-out to a new fan of the show. Anytime we get a new fan or fans... You know, we accept that and we have to embrace it. I love hearing it. I love hearing when someone is going to listen who doesn't really know much about me or really anything about the show, but maybe they do care about sports to the point where they'd be interested and intrigued uh, to listen to it. So I have a new fan, and this new fan wanted a shout-out, Doug Zimba. He is the father of my girlfriend's friend, Kali, and we visited their house. He wanted to know more about the show and about Boston. I told him a little bit about it. He said he was going to listen. Hey, there it is. Dougie, there's your shout-out. Hope you stick around. Uh, glad to have you along for the ride. But, yeah, look, I'm a man of my word, so I had to give this shout-out. Anytime we get a new fan, 
especially a fan who's in Canada who isn't necessarily a Red Sox fan, uh, we, we have to embrace that. Now, you might be a little surprised with what I'm going to tell you next is that I actually have a decent following in Canada, but it's not for this show. It's for my street hockey movie, 363, The Road to the Southie 3-on-3. You can recall we put that video on YouTube about, what, three years ago? Close to four years ago, right? It's creeping up on on four years, which is absolutely fucking insane that it's going to be four years since we released 363, The Road to the Southie 3-on-3, which is sort of a mockumentary on my preparation for the big street hockey tournament that we have here every summer. It's 36 minutes long. I hope you can go watch it. Again, it's called 363, The Road to the Southie 3-on-3. Two cameos uh, from NHL players, current NHL players, so you got to go watch that. has over 50,000 views. Here's the problem. I'm in Canada all week, and I actually get a tweet. Now, my phone wasn't really working. That's... It's like, you know, you go to another country, you don't really set that up ahead of time. I probably should have. I didn't. And my phone was a little chaotic at times. But every once in a while, I was able to log into wireless and and use my phone that way. Check my Twitter account. I had tweets rolling in. I get one tweet last week that was from some, it was from someone from Canada. And they said, how come I can't watch a street hockey movie in Canada anymore? Now, if you've listened to this show you, have, you follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. You know that we've had an issue with this street hockey movie and the copyright stuff on YouTube with some of the songs that we play. And I had an issue, what was it? A couple months ago, there was a song that randomly got picked up. And this is like three years since it's been on YouTube. It's been fine. A song randomly got picked up by YouTube. And we don't even know the exact reason. We think this specific record label got it shut down because we weren't paying them money to use their song. So I had to really attack this situation because, as you know, we put a lot of time and effort into this movie. Uh, It also helps promote this podcast in the movie. We have a couple scenes promoting this show. So I I think, you know, we put all all that work into it. We don't want it unavailable in certain parts of the country, but it became unavailable in the U.S. So I really attacked and had to go after finding out why it was banned in certain spots. Now, somebody removed the ban. I don't even know who, but we put up a stink. We had a lot of people on social media complaining about it, tweeting the record label, and I sent a couple emails out. I I, I called some people. I tried to communicate and tell them, and, and what I tried to explain to them was, listen, we did this movie. We didn't make a penny off it. We didn't make anything off this movie. And I know we're not paying you to use your music, but in the description, we put every single song, who sings the song, and the way I look at it is, this is free publicity for some of these companies. Now, it's one thing if I made money off their music, and I made money off their video because we're using their music, and I'm not dishing any out to them. I get that. I understand that philosophy. I understand why maybe they would be a little pissed off about that, but that's not the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is, you know, we were just a couple kids who, who put a lot of hard work and effort into a YouTube film that we didn't make a penny off of, that we simply used to promote our product and, in essence, basically promoted their music for free. We used two NHL players to promote their music. So I think they would have a tough time coming to me and making a pretty good argument as to why they should shut this thing down when nobody's making money off it. Free publicity. I I don't understand why they would try to, but what I did find out was YouTube 
sometimes randomly picks up songs and what they might do is it's just automatic. It just blocks the video in certain spots. And what I learned this week is that apparently it's blocked in Canada, right? And we need to fix that. So I haven't really, I haven't had enough time. I got back late last night. I've been trying to bounce back, get caught up in a couple things, which I'm going to react to right now on this podcast. And I'll also react more tonight on WEEI 93.7 FM. I'm on the radio tonight, 10 o'clock to midnight. So quick two-hour show tonight. And then I'll be back on this weekend on my normal weekend radio time slot. But, um... So I'll react to all that today, but just to get this out of the way, for the people who do listen in Canada that are trying to watch my street hockey movie, as I mentioned, I do have a following. I mean, we had people tweeting us, kids in Western Canada, that were literally quoting the movie on Twitter to me 24-7, and, and they loved it. They actually were making videos sort of reenacting the whole, you know, some of the skits that we, that we used, that we put together, and it was pretty cool. You know, some of them were sort of mocking me, but hey. You know what they say, any publicity is good publicity. We will take it. So anything that they're going to do to go out that I could retweet to promote the movie, we're going to do it. But uh, I do have a fan base in Canada, believe it or not, outside of this show. Now, another listener, I think, of this show, Dougie Zimba, hopefully subscribes to the Danny Picard Show on his phone, tablet, or computer. We'll see. But there's the shout-out. I had to give it. I told him I would. And we are back here in the States, and even though I was in Canada, the good thing about this week, weekend, was the Red Sox were playing the Blue Jays. Now, the series was at Fenway, but being in Canada, I get to watch the Blue Jays games, so I was able to watch the Blue Jays-Red Sox games, or at least a couple of them, at least, you know, get some more highlights, get some bits and pieces of it. I know everything that went down. I understand that the Red Sox have lost four of their last five and they lost two of three to the Blue Jays at Fenway over the weekend. They have some injuries with Swihart, with Hannigan. Uh, they put Joe Kelly down in the minor leagues because all of a sudden he sucks again. You know, he came back from the DL, and he was painted on the outside corner at 97. And, and, and then what? I, I told you I couldn't put money on Joe Kelly sort of sustaining that type of success. I just couldn't do it. It's, it was good to see. It's, it's a good thought to think, well, maybe he can continue that type, to have that type of success because he certainly has the fastball velocity to do it. But am I going to sit here and put my money on it? No, I haven't seen it uh, for a consistent stretch to the point where I would feel confident doing that. So no surprise to me that Joe Kelly gets lit up a couple starts after that in a row and is sent down to the minor leagues to figure it out. Buck Colts, as we know, uh, not too long ago, was moved to the bullpen. I told you that just because he had one solid bullpen outing last weekend doesn't mean that you should jump all over the idea of this, you know giving this guy a major role in the bullpen. I just I, I told you I wouldn't put my money on him sustaining that success either. And guess what? He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he had some issues, and you got Porcello's having some issues right now. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez had a good season debut earlier in the week, but yesterday he struggled with the home run ball, especially. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez, five and two-thirds yesterday, gets the loss, allowed four hits, okay? Four home runs. Come on now. Now, Rodriguez was throwing a little bit harder in this game yesterday than he did in his season debut and that's really what it comes down to for Eduardo Rodriguez. It's the power fastball. It's the velocity. It's 95-96 with a hard changeup and uh, a little slider to go along with it. But 
you know, while the velocity was up 92, 93 yesterday, it's got to be higher than that. Maybe even 94 a little bit. I mean, we're still looking at, you know, there's a big difference, in my opinion, from 93, 94 to 95, 96. I, I really do think so. And when, if Eduardo Rodriguez can get back to that power velocity that we, we saw from him last year, I do think he can be a stud. It's just, you know, right now we're into June and it's time for the boys to put it together in that rotation. It's also time for the boys to put it together in the bullpen. That's another major issue. Tazawa has had his struggles. We've seen Koji, again, struggle recently. I told you I don't have confidence in those guys. So there's a lot of pieces to this Red Sox pitching staff that I just don't have a lot of confidence in right now. And I was, you know, the Swihart injury is tough because I was looking for him to be a major trade chip. But that looks like that might not be the case anymore. So, so now what do you do if you're the Red Sox? Well, you now might have to be a little bit more interested in trading some of your top prospects to get some pitching in because even though the Red Sox have struggled as of late, and they've had some bad pitching to go along with it, I I still feel confident that when we get to the middle of July, a little bit over a month from now, this Red Sox team is still going to be in a race for the division and a race for a playoff spot to the point where a serious conversation is going to be how do you get some more pitching on this team? How do you get some more successful pitching on this team? You cannot just rely on Stephen Wright to be the you know one of the only guys in this rotation to give you consistent stretches of dominance. David Price has certainly improved in the last couple weeks. There's no question about it. But don't you just feel like there's something missing with him still? I, I know it's improvement. It's so much better than the stretch he was on to begin the season in the first month, month and a half. But don't you just feel like there's something missing with David Price? Right? Something missing. Like, he hasn't put it all together just yet. He hasn't put it all together. I believe he will. But guess what? It better fucking start soon, okay? It better start soon. Because this this team, as good as the offense is, as much as this Red Sox offense is relentless to the point where they're going to keep this team in some ball games, even if they fall behind early with some bad pitching, you'd like to see... You'd like to see the pitch and put it together and not have to rely on the offense every single night because if you can get to the playoffs or can at least stay in a playoff race by the time you get past the trade deadline, the teams that are going to win get in, and when they get in, move on to the league championship series and the World Series, those those teams are going to be able to pitch, and those teams are going to have dominant starters at the top of the rotation to go along with a bullpen that is going to be able to to hand the ball off to their closer in big-time situations. And and I completely, you know, I Craig Kimbrell, he's had hiccups this season, but I am not one to sit here and stress about what Kimbrell's going to give you moving forward this season. I'm really not. Kimbrell is going to be just fine. But the Red Sox issues right now, well, they are certainly pitching-related. They're pitching-related. And uh, Eduardo Rodriguez got the loss yesterday. I still think maybe he's working on getting that velocity up. And and if he can do that, I I think he'll be fine. Couple pitches over the plate. Couple change-ups over the plate. I saw yesterday to Toronto hitters. And if there's any lineup that's going to smash meatballs right down the pipe, it's going to be this Toronto Blue Jays lineup. It is. Uh, Henry gets called back up. 
he had four strikeouts in two and a third. I've told you many times, I really like Hembry. He was sent down recently, just called back up again. I do think Hembry maybe could play a major role in the absence now of Carson Smith. I honestly believe that. Clay Buckholtz gave you an inning yesterday, one strikeout in eight pitches, still 6.24 ERA. Uh, I'm not looking at Buckholtz even with that and, and put my money on him to be in a major role for this Red Sox team. Uh, long term. I'm just not looking for that, even though we see some struggles still out of guys like Tazawa and guys like Koji Uihara in big spots. I, you know, I, I think the, the Red Sox are certainly going to have to go out, not just add a start and pitcher, but also add somebody for the bullpen. You'd like to see them go out and do that. I, I, I trust Dave Dombrowski that he knows the issues. If I'm sitting there talking about him, if you're sitting there thinking about him and we can see it, I know Dave Dombrowski can see it too, and if there's anybody that has the balls to go out and make those additions, it's certainly going to be him. So the Red Sox have tonight off. I will be on WEEI tonight from 10 to midnight. The Sox begin a two-game series tomorrow night in San Francisco. They're on the West Coast. So a Tuesday night game in San Fran. Rick Porcello back on the mound for the Red Sox. And then David Price on Wednesday night against Madison Bumgarner. This one is must-see TV. It's going to be a late-night game, right? 10-15 East Coast time. But Price, Bumgarner, that is as good as they come with regards to pitching matchups in a Major League Baseball game, especially between an American League team and a National League team. Bumgarner wants to – what does he want to do? I read a story today. He wants to be in the home run derby or something at the All-Star game, Right? Uh, as a you know, the baseball fan in me that does actually enjoy the Major League Baseball All Star festivities, still, I I yeah, you know, I don't get my panties in a bunch or get too worked up about it. Like some people like to complain, like they like the people that always want to change All Star games. You know, the baseball one to me is fine. The the baseball fan in me would love to see Madison Bumgarner in the home run derby. But if I'm a Giant fan, and forget about fan, if I'm like another Giant player, uh, front office guy. I'm like, no, not happening. It's, we're not going to allow this to happen. We're going to have a sit-down with Bumgarner, and we're going to say, listen, big dog, we need you. We need you more than ever in this rotation. You're our stud. You're our ace. You're one of the best pitchers in the league. Look, if you go out and get hurt pitching, that's one thing. If you go out and take a couple big, powerful hacks and you strain something in your back or your shoulder that lingers, that's going to stay with you for the next three months, that's going to affect our chances at winning another championship. And we are not going to let that happen with you standing at the plate with a bat in your hands at All-Star Weekend taking monster cuts at batting practice and trying to put them in the seats. Like, we're not going to allow that to happen. So... The baseball fan of me would love to see it happen and see him win it. But if I'm a Giant fan or if I'm anybody in the Giants, San Francisco Giants front office or in the organization, like, I do not let this happen. It's not happening. That's why I don't think we're going to see it. Because I, I, I think the, the risk is greater than the reward, obviously. It's a home run derby. Madison Bumgarner is one of the best starting pitches in baseball. You do not need to risk getting hurt in that situation. You just don't. So that's why I don't think we're going to see it happen. But Bumgarner versus David Price, that's going to be Wednesday night. And then the Red Sox will have Thursday night off and they will go to Minnesota for a weekend series against the Twins beginning Friday night um, at eight o'clock Eastern time. So there's your little Red Sox update. A lot of other stuff going on. I have been paying attention to the playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. 
NBA playoffs, though we don't use the word playoffs anymore because we're now into the finals. Let's begin with the NBA finals, shall we? The Golden State Warriors have taken a 2 to nothing lead on the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. And the last time I talked to you without, you know, pre-recording shows for last week, right, and, and actually breaking down the NBA playoffs, the last time I talked to you, Golden State was, what were they? They forced a game seven. But, but even when they were down 3-1, Golden State was down 3-1 in the West Finals to Oklahoma City. I told you, Golden State was still going to win that series. People didn't want to believe me. But what ended up happening? Golden State came back. They won game five at home. They went to Oklahoma City and won. A game six, they come home and win game seven. Here's Golden State now in the NBA Finals in a rematch from last year's NBA Finals with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the Warriors have a 2-0 series lead. And in this game two last night, the Warriors won at 110-77. to uh, Kevin Love with only five points in 21 minutes. LeBron James with 19 points. You got Kyrie Irving with 10 points. And for the Warriors, Draymond Green went off in 34 minutes. Five for eight from the three-point line. He had five of his eight three-point attempts showing his range. Draymond Green hit more three-pointers in this game than Steph Curry did. He hit more three-pointers in this game than Klay Thompson did. 28 points for Draymond Green and the Warriors with a game two win and now a 2-0 series lead. Game three will be in Cleveland Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Now, tomorrow night, they're going to give them two nights off here. Wednesday night at 9, Cleveland, they host Golden State, the Cavaliers. And here's here's just an example of me telling you, asking you, like, when are people going to learn? When are people going to learn? Like, when are people going to learn? Here's the the top story on ESPN.com today, as I record this show, is this. The headline is, Warriors defense suffocating LeBron and the Cavs. The subheadline says this, and I quote from ESPN.com. Subheadline says, quote, With Andre Iguodala at the helm, Golden State's smothering defense looks like it has LeBron James solved. If so, the NBA Finals are all but over. End quote. Um, like, I mean, the NBA Finals are all but over. First of all, do we really think that... And look, this isn't to take anything away from Andre Iguodala. We saw how much of an impact he played in last year's NBA Finals, right? When they made the lineup switch for Golden State. But let's not let's not get all nutty and crazy and wacky here, okay? Let's take a step back. This is exactly what I told you would happen. Like, do people re- do we really think Cleveland's going to come back for Game 3 and get completely shut down in Game 3 and, and trail this series? Do, do we? Like, are there people who actually believe this? I'm being dead serious. Golden State's a one-point favorite in Game 3 in Cleveland. I'm going to tell you right now. Look, that line could change. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's injuries. Maybe there's some guys banged up. Maybe there's some lineup changes. I don't know. Golden State right now, on this Monday, early afternoon, June 6th, 2016, Golden State's a one-point favorite. And as I tell you this, I will tell you that I will put all my money on the Cavaliers to win Game 3, okay? To win Game 3, which means I obviously think they cover as a one-point dog, underdog, right? Cleveland wins Game 3. If the Warriors go out three games tonight, I will be completely shocked, and that's not a knock on Golden State. I know how good Golden State is, 
but I also know how good LeBron James is. And I think sometimes, even after a game in which LeBron James struggles, we get so caught up in the moment, much like we did when Toronto went on to win two games against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Raptors tied that series up at two. You had people on TV trying to tell me that Toronto was going to win the fucking series. I'm going, what are, they, what are these guys smoking? What are they smoking? Whatever you're smoking, you better blow that shit out and, 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 and start thinking a little bit realistically here. Because if you, much like I said, Golden State wasn't going out the way it looked like they were going to go out when they trailed 3-1 to Oklahoma City. Much like I told you that, I'm going to tell you Cleveland's not going out like this either. The Cavaliers are not going out like this. Trail, they're going to trail 3 nothing and get swept by Golden State? I just don't see it. Look, if it happens, I'll tip my cap to Golden State. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and I'll, I'll take the blame for, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'm wrong. I'll sit here and scream to you and tell you I'm wrong. But I'll also tell you that I won't regret making the pick. Cleveland to win game three. I won't regret it. It's not a crazy idea that it happens. So when I have to read a headline or a subheadline that says, and I quote, with Andre Iguodala at the helm, Golden State's smothering defense looks like it has LeBron James solved. If so, the NBA Finals are all but over. Like, are we living in fucking la-la land with this subheadline? Are all but over? I, 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 don't, I don't see that being the case. It's not, even a, it's not even a thought. All but over? No way. Um, I think Cleveland wins game three. I think if you think LeBron is not going to have a monster game at home in Cleveland, game three against Golden State, down 2-0. Holy shit. I, I mean, I, I don't know what other game you would pick LeBron to dominate. Is there any other game you would pick him to dominate? I, this, if you're going to pick him to dominate a game, this would be the one. If you're going to pick Cleveland to ever win a basketball game in the history of their franchise, this would be the one to pick. It would. So, that game is not until Wednesday night, but that's where we stand in the NBA Finals. My question to the people and to the analysts that cover the NBA, when are you going to learn, folks? When are you going to learn? I don't think this one is over just yet. In the Stanley Cup Final, Game 4 tonight, in San Jose, the Sharks won Game 3 in overtime. Um, as you know, Pittsburgh took a 2-0 series lead. I'm rooting for San Jose. I want Joe Thornton to win a cup. And, and I think one thing that maybe the Penguins couldn't do is let the Sharks squeeze, a, squeeze out a win in Game 3. And they did. And the Sharks now have cut Penguins series lead to two games to one. So that Game 3 is tonight. Excuse me, game four is tonight. Game three, I just told you about game three. Game four is tonight, San Jose and Pittsburgh in San Jose. I will react to that on tomorrow's podcast. And uh, a, a final note here to give you as I sign out. I, look, I'm signing out a little early today. And there's the biggest reason for this is you have no idea as to how soaked my t-shirt is right now as I do this show. Because the studio is so hot. You, I can't even, I, I can't describe it in words how hot it is in here. Uh, a thermometer cannot describe how hot it is in here because it would break if you put one in. That's how hot it is. We got these windows in the street. 
We got the sun blasting in here. I even got one of the shades closed. I had to close one of the shades just to keep the sun from busting into the studio. But still, it doesn't help. It's a solarium in here. That's what happens when I get the show done a little bit later than usual. And that's what we're doing today. I got back late last night. So I was just trying, trying to get some things back together here as I'm back in the States. But, I mean, it's all good. It's just when you... When you record this late in the day, the sun's beating down and it does get, you know, the sun comes over to this side of the street and it gets very hot in here. So, look, before I pass out on you and the show never gets out, I'm going to wrap it up with this thought. And it's a UFC thought because I didn't, I didn't really see this coming. And what happened was the latest news in the UFC is that Brock Lesnar, is returning to the octagon for a fight at UFC 200. Now, you'll recall, UFC 200 is the event that Conor McGregor was supposed to have his rematch against Nate Diaz, right? And and you know how that went down. If you don't, I'll give you a quick reminder uh, or, or just quick knowledge of the situation is that Diaz made Conor McGregor tap out their first fight, and it basically made McGregor, in my opinion, not he's not the unbeatable force anymore. And I think it took it, it, it his his storyline, his special magical storyline of being the the unbeatable force and and being a guy that's gonna win titles and move up in different weight classes and fight guys that are bigger than him. And he's not, you know, he's not gonna make the other guy meet in the middle. He'll go up and fight him at 170. I I, I just thought you know, the storyline there was, again, unbeatable force. And he runs his mouth on top of it, and, and it's it's an entertaining situation. Maybe the most entertaining situation the UFC's ever had. And then when he loses, I think that storyline sort of takes a hit. They're gonna, they were going to have a rematch. But Dana White wanted Conor McGregor to do some promotion for the event, a couple press conferences, wanted him to, what, fly to Vegas or something? I don't know where he wanted him to fly to, make a couple stops, do some press conferences with Diaz, talk some shit, do what McGregor does behind the mic, something that he's so great at. And McGregor said, no, I, 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 you know, I'm getting too caught up in the promotional game and I'm sort of losing some passion in the fight game. I gotta get back to 100% fight game. And Dana White said, well, wait a minute. Part of why you're so good and making us so much money and people watch your fights is because you're so good behind the mic. You're so good at these press conferences. That's what, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That's what made me notice Conor McGregor more than just, I wasn't watching his fights until I saw his press conferences and how good he was behind the mic. So Dana White says, that's part of the deal, McGregor. And in the past, lately, you know, we've been known to maybe give you some special treatment. But guess what? We're not going to give you the special treatment anymore because this is important to us. The promotional stuff might, you could make the argument, is the most important stuff to the company. So... We're not going to let you slide on this. So if you're not going to come, guess what? We're pulling you from the event. Some bad blood. McGregor goes on Twitter, says he's retiring. A couple days later says, nah, he's just kidding. He's not retiring. But there is bad blood with Dana White because of the whole press conference situation. And basically, they never got back to settling on any type of deal to have that fight. Diaz-McGregor rematch for UFC 200. And they're expecting UFC 200 to be this major event. I don't need to tell you why. It's UFC 200. July 9th in Las Vegas. And, you know, I think when you lose a star like McGregor for that, I think you want to add another. And add another. And they've added one. Brock Lesnar. WWE's Brock Lesnar. Former UFC champ Brock Lesnar. Wasn't too long ago. 
little over a year ago, actually, that Brock Lesnar was sitting on ESPN and he was telling the world that he refused to go to UFC and he was going to return to the WWE and, and sign an extension there. But part of his contract was he's a part-time employee making full-time pay. Not a lot of guys get to do it, but Brock Lesnar's such a good name, such a big name, that that's, that's the WWE had no choice. They had to sign him to that deal. He is a major, major blockbuster name for that company. Now, my first question was, with Lesnar announcing his return to UFC to fight, and here's who will fight, 41-year-old kickboxer Mark Hunt. And again, this is going to get on at UFC 200, July 9th in Las Vegas. My question was, with Lesnar now going back to UFC, does this mean he'll still fight in the WWE? Like, is his contract with WWE over with? I don't know. I had a question. But when you read into it, and he was on ESPN today, he's actually fighting at, yes, he's still in WWE. He's going to fight at SummerSlam in August. Lesnar will be fighting at WWE SummerSlam in August. So he's going to do both. And you know what? I don't, I don't blame WWE for letting him do this. Let him do it. Let him do it. Absolutely. I've told you from the get-go, UFC and WWE, Dana White and Vince McMahon, they would be absolutely crazy to not somehow behind the scenes be in, in cahoots of some sort. Now, that doesn't always please the UFC or the MMA or the fight fan in general because they look at WWE, they look at professional wrestling, and they say, well... You know, it's predetermined. It's like a soap opera in a way. You know, you don't use the word fake to those guys because those guys will tell you, well, when you get thrown through a table or hit with a steel chair, uh, it's not necessarily fake. We don't like to call it fake. They still take their bumps and bruises. And, and, and so the word fake to them pisses them off. Predetermined, go ahead. We all know that. That's not a secret. Nobody's trying to hide it. I don't think they're trying to hide it. Um, that's, it's entertainment at the end of the day. But, you know, to say that you can't, you, you, that you can't sort of combine the two in, in a promotional style, I think would be a little, I, th- I think that would be bad business on Dana White's part. That would be bad business on Vince McMahon's part. And we've seen guys do the back and forth, right? We've seen it. We've seen guys do both. We've seen guys go from UFC to WWE. We've seen guys go from WWE to UFC. And Brock Lesnar's one of them. He's gone back and forth. But how about CM Punk? at least trying to fight in UFC. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But I've told you about that situation, that he can always come back home, which is the WWE. And it's not a bad thing for either company if that were to happen. Because both companies will be somehow in the news. We saw Ronda Rousey in the ring at WrestleMania. What, last year, right? And, And I had no problem with it. I think it would be bad business for Dana White and Vince McMahon to sort of reject that opportunity to take the publicity from the other side. They could be stupid. So I do think they've been in cahoots for a little bit. I think it will continue. And I think you're seeing that now with Vince McMahon allowing him to do this. Because Vince McMahon doesn't have to allow him to do it, let's be honest. But he is. And I think it's a good decision for WWE and Vince McMahon to let this happen. I think it's a good decision for Dana White to sit there and go, okay, you don't need to leave WWE completely. You can stay there. You can fight SummerSlam in August. We just need you for this event. But what I also think it means, by Dana White going to get Brock Lesnar, see, I don't have any, this is just my opinion, but here's how I think this went down. Like, here's how I envision this went down. I envision it went down like this. Dana White is still a little pissed off at the Conor McGregor thing. Conor McGregor goes on ESPN a couple weeks ago, does his one-on-one sit-down with Kenny Mayne. 
teases the idea of fighting in boxing, you know, fighting Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring, not in the octagon, right? And Dana White has got to be sitting there going, this motherfucker, we've given him all this opportunity, and all we did was to ask him to promote a big rematch, a rematch that we don't even want him to fight in. We actually tried to talk him out of the fight. He wanted to fight. All we're asking him to do is promote the damn thing, and he's telling us he doesn't want to promote it. This motherfucker is then going to go talk about boxing and leaving UFC. Well, guess what we're going to do? All right. Guess what? You don't want to do what we want for UFC 200, which is a, a huge event for us. We're going to try to show you we don't, we don't need Conor McGregor's big, big name to have big name superstars at UFC 200, July 9th in Las Vegas. How's it going to feel when McGregor's sitting out, when we're going out bringing huge superstar names back into the company? Huh? How, how's he going to feel then? I think Dana White decided, said to Conor McGregor, fuck you, here's a shitload of money to Brock Lesnar. Brock, how much do we got to pay you to fight at UFC 200? And um, I think that's where the conversation began. Dana White probably threw out a number that Brock Lesnar could not hang the phone up on. And uh, here we are. Here we are. And Dana White is probably just loving every second of it. Now, Brock Lesnar's on ESPN. What's, where's McGregor? Oh, they announced that McGregor's going to fight Diaz in a rematch at UFC 202. But let's be honest. Right now, does anybody give a shit about that when Brock Lesnar's on ESPN as a WWE superstar announcing his return to UFC? They, he's one of the biggest names, in my opinion, that they have. That they will have. That they have had. And I think this move is just sort of sticking in a little bit. little jab to Conor McGregor. All right, you don't want to do what we want? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go out and get some big names, superstar names. That will make people forget about the Conor McGregor absence in this event. And what Conor McGregor wants is to be known. He wants to be loved. He wants to be respected. He wants people to hear him. That's why his press conferences were so outrageous. He wants, his, he wants to be heard. He wants his voice heard. He wants the story to be about him. Don't try to tell me he doesn't. He does. Okay? That's why he's bumping up weight classes. That's why he made the obnoxious move to fight at 170 against Nate Diaz with no title on the line. Right? McGregor told you, and I played the press conference when I asked him, you know, hey, you're doing whatever you want. You know what he said? He said, I'm living the whatever the fuck I want life. I do whatever the fuck I want. I take whatever the fuck I want. And they're going to like it. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, McGregor cares about this. This is probably just, I guarantee you, McGregor's bullshit that he's not fighting at UFC 200 now, and that he, because I think McGregor sat back and said, you know what, Dana White needs me. They're going to come back to me. We're going to have this rematch at UFC 200, and that's that. Not doing it. Dana White says, you know what, as much as you think we need you, we don't, because we just brought in one of the biggest superstars we've ever, we've ever had at least with regards to the name in the entertainment industry, and that is the beast, the conqueror, Barack Lesnar. <laughs> so, Barack Lesnar returning to UFC. And the best part about it is, he doesn't have to leave WWE. And that's great news for both UFC, WWE, and Barack Lesnar. Makes, makes me think about CM Punk, though, again. I'm telling you, it makes me think about it. Makes me think about it. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. 
If you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, subscribe on the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, or even in the Google Play Music Store. But really, anywhere podcasts are available, you can get this show whenever you want. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. Also on Instagram, all forms of social media. Another reminder, I'm on WEEI tonight, 93.7 FM. You can also listen at WEEI.com or their app. I'm on 10 to midnight because there is no Red Sox game tonight. The Sox get back to work tomorrow night for a little West Coast trip in San Francisco. I am out. Talk to you tonight, and then back here in the Beantown Athletic Studio tomorrow. See you.